0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is Spencer. What's happening? What's happening is we have reached the finals of our Marvel Madness Marvel movie bracket, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We have come to the conclusion that the Marvel Guys community declares... Mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War as the top two movies of the MCU so far. And next we have a battle between Kentucky and Duke, basically. (laughs) These are the two teams and the two movies that I expected to reach the finals and both of us expected to reach the finals. Mm -hmm. As far as numbers go, Infinity War beat the Avengers 58% to 42%. That was fairly close. Um, The Avengers getting a lot of respect there. Avengers Endgame, uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok didn't get stomped. It was respectable. Mm -hmm. But Endgame won 72% to 28%. So Thor and company made quite a nice run uh, through the bracket, but they fall short because Endgame... Kind of just you know put their foot on the gas, and now we have a battle between Infinity War and Endgame as we thought.
1: So, so I guess <clears throat> my thing is if like we're taking these the final four, and we're making them like basically like a representative representative of like who they would be in college basketball. I think, like you said, Infinity War, Endgame. It's like Kentucky, Duke. Who's Thor? Because Thor kind of slipped like, in there. Kind of, they slipped in there.
0: I don't know. Thor would be some kind of like high mid major Loyola,
1: like a Loyola. type? No,
0: thing? not that low. They'd be more like a, a mid two thousands Butler. Or a, yeah, like a Gonzaga uh, maybe. Not quite that, because Gonzaga would be a little little higher. But mm-hmm. there, in theory, Thor Ragnarok is the darling, uh, the darling of the fans. Mm-hmm. That probably you know wouldn't have belonged a couple years ago but now that thor has taken such a a leap um he he kind of belongs in this company so i was pretty excited to see ragnarok get as far as it uh went and the avengers put up a good fight against infinity war but that we're, we're down to the two titans so uh what were your first thoughts on those two making
1: him? <clears> that one was shocking actually 58 to 42% that's incredible like the avengers that's Infinity War. Like, Infinity War has always been... Uh, obviously, we don't vote. Like, we just leave it up to you guys to vote. But that's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of whack. But, like, my favorite to win the entire tournament was Infinity War. And they almost... Basically, almost got, like, tied or elimbed by the Avengers. Like, that's, yeah. that's pretty crazy, man. But that's, like, the first Avengers movie. That's there, a lot of... Uh, sentimental value in that movie because i think a lot of people to be honest i feel like that's the movie where a lot of people's mcu journey began sure was the avengers it wasn't iron man it was the avengers yeah i think and
0: i thought avengers endgame would win i picked infinity war as my personal favorite um but i did have endgame slightly edging out infinity war so that was one of two places where we somewhat disagreed in the bracket So it'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens here. You know, Thor might not have some of the cachet that the Avengers name has. So not totally shocked. Um, I'm a bit surprised that it didn't do as well as I thought it would. But I think Infinity War is going to have a a strong case here. And I think it'll be a a very close one, maybe a 55-45. So um, we are going to kind of, we already had an episode and you can find it in the past where we discuss the entire bracket and why we chose what we chose and who we thought would win, all that stuff. So today we're just going to kind of relive Infinity War and relive Endgame from our point of views and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, I've got a few different categories here that we're going to discuss and we'll just see uh, where the chips fall.
1: Yeah, this kind of like the, <clears throat> the the pregame show. Like yeah. before the national right. championship game, <laughs> this is the, the, the
0: preview show. Exactly. I, I guess that makes me like Stephen A. Smith and you skip Bayless or something. Oh, but don't put that on me, man. I'll, I'll be l- skip. I love uh, skip.
1: I, I, skip. <laughs> you can be Shannon. <laughs> yes. You be Shannon. Yes. I'll be skip. Glad. Yes. I'll, I'll gladly be Shannon sharp.
0: So Avengers end game, Avengers infinity war, basically a two part movie. Um, In their own rights were full movies by themselves, but One without the other really isn't complete. So I wanted to talk about some of our favorite aspects of both movies. So we can start with Infinity War since chronologically that's the first one. What were the most uh, standout aspects of Infinity War that you
1: particularly liked? I loved the idea that basically the entire premise of the movie is Thanos hunting down the stones It's not that he already has them, which if you've watched the infinity saga from beginning to end, you would already know that like, yeah, he's going to be hunting them down. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't just already have them. And, but the, the, the source material for the movie, he already has the stones in the very beginning of that run. So I thought that was a really cool aspect of like him, just like scene by scene going through different planets uh, different realities. We even saw that and uh, just hunting down each stone one by one. I thought that was really, really cool. Like I loved that aspect of it really.
0: Yeah. Um, basically Thanos was the main character of this movie. We've talked about this where that's what makes it so unique compared to the rest of these films with Thanos. Thanos, in this film, the storyline was really revolved around his journey. And that's just not typical to see a villain get that kind of support in a movie that's really not his movie, Mm -hmm. but he just kind of overtook it. That was one of the reasons why uh, Killmonger became such a beloved villain is because when they left the theater after watching Black Panther, you almost felt like Killmonger in a way had the main storyline. So seeing Thanos, in a different light to where you almost empathize with some of his reasonings and some of his, uh, his goals. So it made him as a villain that much stronger because you kind of understood where he was coming from. And most would disagree with what he wanted to do, which was wipe out half of all life. <laughs> of course, like yeah. he, he would become the most, uh, the, the, Highest number, you know, serial killer ever, <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. in that aspect. But you also like, he was doing it for what he believed was a good reason. And villains always say they're doing that, but it kind of felt genuine here. And he was driven by his own moral compass. So even though Thanos felt like a guy who would murder anybody at any time, he truly was just. Trying to get to his goal, and if somebody got in the way of his goal, he would then you know take care of them. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he was killing people being reckless. He was trying to reach what he thought was best for humanity and all of, um, not mankind, thing kind, uh, being
1: kind. All yeah,
0: right. (laughs) And anybody who was trying to stop him, he saw as the villain. He saw as somebody uh, that didn't want the the better uh, society for the future. So. Just looking at Thanos himself, I think it's no doubt he's the best villain we've ever seen uh, on a, a comic book film mm-hmm. and the depth in which they were able to uh, you know reach into his history, his past and his his guiding light, his moral compass, that was what really hit so hard and that's probably why um, as you're saying, you know with with this movie, Thanos being like the main character really, really set the tone here.
1: Yeah, it really did. Um, and I, I loved everything you said there. Like he uh I, I'm so glad that they didn't go source material with this movie at all. Because it would have been really bad. I think. Like I love Infinity Gauntlet. I really do, but like the Thanos side of things is kinda whack. Because basically the main difference would have been that, like, instead of him basically saying that I'm going to wipe out half of life in the universe because it's what's best for the universe. Instead of that, you get like, I'm going to wipe out half of life in the universe because I'm just trying to, you know, get some booty. <laughs> like, that's basically it. He's trying to appease Mistress Death. Yeah. And he's trying to win her over and to gain her affection. And that's the whole premise of Infinity Gauntlet. And it drives him into madness, basically, which is fine. But, like, this version of Thanos, to me, is, like, way better. Like, because he is driven in that regard of, you know what, no one else is going to do it. I have to because I've already done this. And that's the coolest part of his backstory is him doing the exact same thing on Titan And then Titan kind of perseveres through the loss, obviously. And yeah, like half of the planet completely gone. But you look at it now and it's doing way better. And in a a weird way, like, you know, if you could see the future, right? If you were to take that same Titan where Thanos doesn't wipe out half of the life there. What happens to that planet probably, you know, implodes upon itself Mm -hmm. and, you know, civilizations collapse and the whole world is plunged into chaos, which is similar to probably what would have happened on Earth, you know, because now you look at what's going on. I mean, to tie it in, look at what we saw in Falcon and Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. look at how much better things actually kind of were going in that direction after the snap like refugees weren't treated like you know garbage basically you know people started to appreciate their fellow man and like actually caring for each other having open borders having uh, resources available to everybody and then everyone comes back and it's like well we're back to where we were like kind of weird but it kind of proves that Thanos while <laughs> while the actions weren't great, obviously, and like what he was doing was horrible, like the repercussions and like the the effect I mean it probably would have led to a better better world in a way, for sure. Yeah. And
0: I I would think in my personal opinion after thanos which i believe is the top reason to love this movie uh the pacing the pacing of this film was incredible Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it was i mean more so than any other movie in this franchise you put this thing on and you do not realize where you're at in the movie because it's flying by Mm -hmm. i mean you're here you're there you're there you're there It's step by step by step by step. There's music that brings you into each scene. There's the emotional uh, weight and baggage of certain scenes. And then it's like, okay, we saw this exhibit. We got to go home now. We got to get on the bus. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it goes, you're going to feel a roller coaster of emotions through this movie, but we're going to hold your hand and lead you to each attraction. Yeah. So when they're in space, when they're in uh, Wakanda, when they're in New York or where they're in um, Europe or wherever they were I can't remember oh, what city but Germany or everywhere they go from place to place it it has an an ending and in a uh, middle and then an intro and you never skip a beat it just flows and flows
1: yeah um, and I and I think what they've kind of built with the MCU in the past like you're talking about when you go from place to place, there's always a musical cue as to like, who, who, who's in the scene, you know, like you can't really name a better scene in. in And as far as like a theater reaction, you can't really name better scenes in maybe cinema as like when Captain America catches the spear and it's revealed that it's Captain America or when Thor enters Wakanda, like, you have these like cues of, of things are, are happening and you have emotional weight. One of my favorite and probably my all time favorite scene. And I know that this is going to be kind of weird, but it makes sense. I think my all time favorite scene in the entire infinity saga is actually right before, uh, Ebony Maw and, uh, Oh, the big guy. I Can't remember his name. Corvus Glaive. Cor- no, that's the Which big guy. Assassin. The the big. Call oh, you're talking call about Cold City, City and yeah. Yeah. When they uh, uh, land on Earth, it's right before then, and Tony Stark has the phone in his hand to call Captain America, but he can't because he's interrupted by that. And then the entire movie, they're on completely different paths. And that whole movie, you're 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 wanting them to come together. You're wanting them to say, you know what, we should put down this beef for, because we, we got to fight Thanos now. Like, this is way bigger than any beef we have. And you're, you're wanting that. You're wanting to have that closure, because the previous movie loves, leaves off with that, you know, craziness of Civil War, right? Um, but you don't get it. They tease it, and they pull you in, like, they, they grab you basically by the heart, <laughs> Like it's a Mortal Kombat fatality, and then they're, they're like, "Nope," I'm like there you go. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, that's literally my favorite scene I think in the entire Infinity Saga, just because of how I felt in the theater watching that. I was like, "Oh," and then.
0: By the way, isn't Call Obsidian's comic name the Black Dwarf? Yeah, am I crazy? Okay, I was. I was trying to remember. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's a great point. I've never thought. When when I was referencing the pacing, a lot of what I was talking about was just like the flow of how the film goes. But the way they structure who goes where mm-hmm. and the, the, the path to try to get to each other eventually in Endgame is really clever. And they gave us a lot of characters facing off against each other that we wanted to see because we got to see... Um, Doctor Strange with Robert Downey, we got to see Robert Downey against uh, Chris Pratt. Starlight. I'm just like, yeah, I'm all over the <laughs> whatever. Yeah, the, it comes and goes. You know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> I know about. exactly. Who you're talking. Um, and we got we to do. see Star Lord against Thor. There was a lot of cool like interactions between all these guys, and Captain America just became this like vigilante, mm. and you know they get introduced to uh, Wakanda, which ultimately sets up winter soldier and his whole story, uh, you know, aiming towards the future in Wakanda. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of cool ways that they separated these people and then put them with people that would influence the rest of their journey through Marvel.
1: I'm glad that you said something about the vigilante cap because, uh, you know, we, we both talk about this scene a lot, with Iron Man when he, like, taps the suit and he just, like... That's one of the coolest Oh, that's scenes. so good. So yeah. awesome, right? The design for Captain America, though, is so amazing. It's, like, so subtle, but, like, if you notice, like, the star that was once on his chest is literally ripped off. Like, it's just a, a, a black imprint of what should be the star. Uh, and, and I think that they've man like all of those little fine details of these characters they just they put it all together and like you said i mean when you get to how they put people together on what planets where at what time you know i think we've all kind of seen the youtube videos of like uh when the snap happens and it's like as it's happening on different places and different times or whatever um and that's so cool I love that but like how they write off how they don't have Ant-Man or Clint Barton uh, in Infinity War or like how they uh, my favorite part is actually in that regard is who survives like the choices of who survives versus who gets dusted is such a complex one Like, it's such an interesting thing that they chose, the people that they chose. But it makes sense. Like, all six Avengers are, they survived. They're with different people for different reasons. Like, I love the, you know, and and you get to that in Endgame, but I love that it's Nebula and Tony Stark that are left on Titan. That's so cool. Because it's like the two characters that I think kind of needed that the most. Yeah, I guess
0: the, the ultimate thing that we're pointing towards is they just they structured this thing really well. Mm-hmm. And they didn't take any shortcuts on how to do this thing. It was, it was just really well put together. And the, the flow in which um, all the scenes went together made complete sense um which will lead us into were there any particular aspects that you were not a fan of or you didn't uh buy or maybe took you out of a scene or anything that you can remember that you were just like eh not
1: not my thing um not really Uh, it's really hard to find something to to complain about with infinity war for me uh, the only thing that I can really think of maybe is just that it the fighting there was not much fighting actually like it seems like there's a lot of fighting but when you really put it when you really cut it down and like watch it the movie like there's really not much fighting in Infinity War and I felt like uh, you know obviously we get like what is it like the last half of in game is basically fighting so I mean they make up for it perfectly. But, like, in this one, the one thing I think I would have maybe liked to have seen would have been Thanos kind of using the stones a little bit more. Um, Just a little bit more. And just to showcase their power. Because I feel like uh, people who come from that comic background, you know that, like, the Infinity Gems, and the comics, as they're called really aren't like the most powerful things in Marvel comics they're really not in fact in, in the comics the cosmic cubes are I would, I would put them a little bit higher on that power level than the infinity gems but there's such an interesting choice in the MCU that they, the cosmic cubes are basically used like to house like one or two of the stones um, so I've always thought that that was an interesting choice but yeah, I think it it's not really even a complaint. It's just like I would have liked to have had like maybe 10 more minutes of Thanos just using the Reality Stone by just, you know, just to put that out there or like maybe, um, maybe kind of go into a little bit more detail into the Soul Stone. I think that people often kind of look at that, it, it is really weird how they did how they did the soul stone it makes complete sense but the soul stone once again in, in, the, in the comic narrative and it's not and it's not like to compare the two or whatever but like the soul Stone's just a little bit different you know like the soul stone is uh it, it's it's adam warlock like that's his thing uh and you know they kind of once again you know you're taking what you have in the in marvel studios does this better than i think any studio out there is just taking what you have the source material that you have and just making the best out of what you can because like if i remember right adam warlock actually has like the soul stone like in his head just like vision has the mind stone in his head um and then you know the, the callbacks to the comics with hulk you know getting thrown through and whereas in the comic book it was silver surfer well they didn't have access to silver surfer so they had that um but yeah it's as far as complaints go man it's there really aren't any I, it's it's one of those comic book movies that i think is almost perfect uh It's tough to say that anything's perfect, but um, I I think that that and the narrative of The Dark Knight, both of those two movies stand out as like top tier, S tier, whatever you want to call it, uh, movies for me.
0: For me, the the biggest thing was um, unnecessary humor early on. Because if the if you have aliens invading your planet, I know they're like kinda used to it by now, but once Ruffalo, once Hulk made them aware, hey, we're like probably gonna die here. Like all of our planet is at you know, at risk, they were still throwing out a lot of jokes that were funny, but like you wanna see a level of seriousness. And that's part of just Marvel is that it's it's family, you know, mm-hmm. watching. So they have to throw in jokes to keep it lighthearted. In Endgame, honestly, it made more sense to have some jokes thrown in because it was legitimately so sad uh, that you wanted to keep it lighthearted enough that it didn't just become a drama. But like, you know, and a lot of people like the lines, but like the Squidward joke and... <laughs> um, what like the band that you know hulk says mm-hmm. like they were measuring people's lives at that point and so for me as an audience member i'm like would you really make a joke like that at that time maybe stark would um but 100% like stark would. There, there's moments where some of these jokes were, were just like that seems a little bit un- unnecessary for that spot with the the gravity of the situation um but other than that, there's not a whole lot I can complain about here. It was truly just a well made movie that didn't have a lot of holes in it. Of course there's always like little plot holes that you could poke in any uh, big movie like this. I mean, they're juggling mm-hmm. dozens of characters, so it's tough to to be too upset if there's, you know, people that'll go, Well, they messed this thing up and it's like, Well, yeah. I didn't notice it my first wa- watch through and if I don't notice it in my first watch through, then why am I that concerned? Mm-hmm. Um, if I have to analyze a scene to see, oh, they messed something up, I'm good, I'm good right. at that. If you can get it by me the first time, good for you. So uh, yeah, I don't have major problems with it. Um, just a couple jokes that I thought were like a little bit too much for a serious uh, scene, but I'm good other than that. So who were some of the standout characters in this film whether it be impressed, uh, being impressed with the actor um, or seeing the character that maybe you didn't have as high of expectations for, uh, taking a leap off the screen, or maybe just somebody you think was super integral to the story and they really hit a home run. like Where were you at with your um, top characters that you were uh, remembering from this movie? Uh,
1: from this movie, I think... Uh the, the big three always stand out regardless because they're the acting and also just the story like but I would if I if I had to give the nod to anyone it would probably be tony just because and I mean obviously in-game happens and all that stuff but like it would have to be tony because you get those scenes with pepper in the beginning you get those scenes where like he's now going off on the flying donut into outer space and the weight of that and then also the weight of the ending of the movie with with Peter Parker uh, and basically him just kind of being left basically alone because like Nebula is Nebula but like yeah I, I, I think Tony's character the acting the story and just the, the small little details within that story of like you know Pepper cutting out as she's talking to him and stuff like that uh, those things always stood out to me watching Infinity War and it stood out to me in the very beginning like the first time I watched it too
0: yeah my I think my top three would probably be one Thanos two Gamora and three Tony um They all had, I I believe, the the biggest performances in this movie. And, like, we'll talk about Endgame and how Nebula had her time to shine. But Mm -hmm. this was really the movie where Gamora had her time to shine. Yeah. And so, you know, like, there's no doubt we already talked about it. Thanos stole the show Mm -hmm. in this film. And so you leave just blown away by his character. But his right-hand woman was Gamora and this is somebody who we had almost no backstory of mm-hmm. coming into it because in the Guardians when we meet her we realize she was a child of Thanos and now wants to kill him and that's really all we got um, she became almost like domesticated you know just living with the, the Guardians and dealing with Star-Lord's antics every day that she just became kind of a normal you know, normal person. And then in this movie, we revisit her assassin side and we see her vulnerabilities and, and why she is the way she is because we meet younger Gamora and we see that her planet was taken over by Thanos and his army and she became a child of Thanos and she's one of many children of Thanos. But there's a reason she's his favorite because she is one of the most deadly people in the universe. And so getting that backstory, and then also getting the, you know, tugging at the heartstrings moments between her and um, Zoe Saldana and Chris Pratt, Mm. it was really good. Uh, I didn't come into this movie thinking I was going to have a super big appreciation of Gamora. Um, You know, you saw in the trailer that you'll see like a younger Gamora, But we didn't really know what all they were going to go into. So, as far as like who I didn't expect to really, you know, hit me hard, it was Gamora because I didn't have a lot tied to her emotionally going into the movie. But as we get to learn her story, you're like, oh, cool. I get to know more about this character and we get to, you know, go along this journey with her. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's being killed by Thanos for. The right to a stone that he needs to fulfill his destiny, so the combination of learning a lot about her character that we never knew, and then all of a sudden losing her, um, that was that was a tough story, and you you hit on a lot of you know Tony Stark moments that this was his you know pre prologue to yeah. the, the finale, yeah, and so this. This was seen by him a long time ago, and this was his battle to lead, mm-hmm. um, and he did lead it on literally the front lines because he was facing off against Thanos as the people in Wakanda were kind of waiting, um, and and biting their time as they, f- you know, fought through the the secondary army. So Tony wasn't able to do it, but uh, he was he was a mentor. He was a leader. He was as bold and brash as ever. He was Tony Stark. Did it his way and. Uh, Delivered a great performance, and shout out! Can't forget um, the performance that uh, what was his name?
1: Josh Brolin. <laughs> Josh Brolin, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, that Josh Brolin did because oh yeah, his Perfect. his voice alone was tremendous, and yeah. it's really hard to do a villain that is CGI and pull it off. So it's really a shout out to Josh Brolin along with all the animators mm-hmm. because that that Thanos like going into it I didn't really know what to expect but when you really saw him appear on the trailer you're like oh that looks awesome yeah. so I was I was hyped for it
1: yeah for sure I think uh, what you said about Gamora is like really awesome too and I'm glad that they showed the assassin side to her um, because that's what I was wanting the most um, because I can't remember which comic it is if it's like Thanos Imperative or which one there's there is a Thanos comic out there, though, where and there it might be several, but there's one in which uh, Gamora assassinates him. But in the ways in which she does it is, is really cool. Like she basically just like sneaks up behind his throne and like beheads him in front of everyone and is like, you know, this is your king basically like <laughs> and it's such an awesome, awesome scene. And we kind of got that um, before we quickly realized that that was a different reality. But uh, yeah, such such an awesome like moment, because like you said, we didn't really know too much about Gamora. We didn't really care. That's the biggest thing, I think, too. I don't think people really cared that much. Even after the first two Guardians movies, they didn't really care that much about the Guardians until we got to Infinity War. We got to Infinity War. Then people were invested because you had those emotional scenes with Star-Lord and Gamora uh, you had those emotional ties with Gamora and Nebula you had the emotional weight from Thanos in, in Gamora um, and it's literally I think because of that that people really started to like look more into the Guardians and like actually care because let's be real like how many people ga- like cared that guardians one was even coming out back in 2014 like there weren't that many people invested guardians hasn't always been a very successful thing within marvel comics either and but you know marvel studios being marvel studios putting together such an amazing cast of people uh it really helped them like get thrown into that like upper echelon of, of people now we're all hyped for Guardians 3 you know p- purely based off these last two movies featuring them that's amazing like that just shows you like like we talk about it with Thor a lot because they're, like we've always said there, there should be no reason after watching the first two Thor movies there should be no reason why he should have had a fourth movie until you watched the third one and you're like oh I get it now Then you watch Infinity War and Endgame, and you're like, oh, okay, yep, there needs to be a fourth movie. So, like, man, shout out to Marvel Studios, man, because, like, it's just so weird how they can do that. They can create uh, a whole different thing, like the Guardians, or they can take, you know, maybe in the future, like, it'll happen with the Young Avengers, like we talked about before on the show we get like a Young Avengers movie and it's like oh you know that was yeah, it was okay it wasn't you know that crazy and then you get like a Young Avengers 2 and then you're like oh it was a little bit better but like hmm, you know but then you get Young Avengers 3 and it's like oh my gosh this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> And so like the way that they are just able to build these things up into something bigger um, I, I love it I love it so much um and and that's one of those things that i always kind of took away from infinity war as well was just uh the impact that the movie made with different characters and and different people like um you know one of the biggest ones black panther being dusted after literally his movie came out two months before (laughs) you know that's that's one of the craziest moments ever i can't tell you how many people we're in my DMs, like, yo, what the heck, man? I just watched Black Panther. Now he's gone? Like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, chill. You know, it's, it's Marvel. They're going to – there's ways around this. They're, they're going to make it right, and here we are.
0: So we talked about characters that stood out to us, um, but when you were watching this or when you left the theater, who was your – Favorite character who was the one you were Drawn to the most throughout The Infinity War
1: My f- like Like in like a Relatability or like in a
0: Just who you Liked the most Cause mine's completely different from who I Appreciated the most Um
1: Man Oh, that's really tough, man. I can pick mine quite easily. I think mine would be, and it's purely—we talked about this before—it's purely based through uh, relatability. But it would be Thor. But I would say a close second would actually be Star Lord. Star Lord would be a close second. Well, you're gonna tell me why? Um, <laughs> well, well, Thor. Obviously, we we've, we've we've talked about this enough to know, like the relatability that. That like I personally have with that character, sure, uh, and what he's been through in the entire run through the MCU, I can. I can just relate to it, and um. Also, to see him, you know, grow from it, was like really uh, inspiring. I guess or uh, something along those lines. Like, kind of made me feel like you know. Uh better about life in a way Um, and then with Star-Lord the reason I kind of really got into the Star-Lord character even more was just because of people hating on him honestly (laughs) like how many times did you see the posts that people were making of like oh Star-Lord's to blame for the, the happening of uh infinity war they were so close to taking the gauntlet off and stuff like that but like dude you kind of have to realize like he just lost the one person in the entire universe that could have one understood him and two like just love in general like thanos loves gamora but the way that Star-Lord loves Gamora obviously is like in a drastically different way because Star-Lord would never Star-Lord would there's no ultimate goal in place where Star-Lord would want to harm Gamora in the slightest bit like because he actually loves her with Thanos it's like I love myself and I love basically all other things than you So you're just basically, I love you, but you're basically like a tool to my ultimate goal. So I think that's, once again, it's like an understandability of like the character. Like I completely understand why Star-Lord did what he did in the movie of, uh, you know, trying to basically kill Thanos and stuff like that. And, and just really going crazy, um, because it's tough, man. That's a that's a tough scene. That's a very tough scene.
0: For me, it was like, finally we get Captain America that we've been waiting for this entire time. Um, he goes from, you know, the good old boy that follows orders and mm. um, does everything that he's told for America. I'm Captain America, you know, in the first movie. And then in the second movie, he's completely distracted by his former best friend, and he wants to help him, and that's his complete focus, and he kind of shuts everything else out. And at the end of Civil War, his distrust for the government makes him kind of go on the run. And so when we meet him in Infinity War, he is the, I don't trust anybody but myself, and my left hand, you know? Like, nobody's gonna mess with, with Captain America in the way that he is now uh as far as infinity war goes like he was he was a g like he caught the spirit he's like we're here to party you know i got falcon with me i got black widow um seeing his evolution i think a lot of people were just like that's the captain america that i want to see mm-hmm. um the transformation physically and the the story that went into it and all the all the effort into making him that Captain America, all the movies that he had to go through to get to that point, it was really cool for me to finally see that moment where we get, you know, vigilante, uh, anti-government. Uh, I'm I'm here to help the people, uh, Captain America, instead of I'm here to take pictures of you know or, or be in pictures where it looks like I'm helping people. So seeing the the culmination of Civil War turning him into the captain America he became was as cool as ever. Um, and what I took, uh, from this movie for sure.
1: I'd say another one to throw onto that list would, uh, and it's not even like it's underrated. It's probably, it's, there's probably someone screaming at us right now about this character, but, uh, Peter Parker, like, he kind of went on this crazy wild journey that we've all, we've, we've been clamoring and talking about for the last few weeks about like how we want to see this more with his, this character. But like his journey through that movie, it was just so in- insane. He literally went from riding the heist, like the bus back from school to fighting, basically fighting aliens in space, <laughs> like in the course of like an hour. And, um, But also his relentless effort in trying to be more than himself, trying to prove to Tony that he can do everything that Tony says he can't do. Um, And then that journey also leading to like his basically like uh, not his we it was never his death, but like felt like it and um, you know that that man that was such a crazy crazy roller coaster for him because I think that scene and shout out to Tom Holland for the way that that scene was shot and the way that it was done because like that really put a ton of people in the feels that was the one scene I think that really got everybody choked up big time like there were a lot of people that were you know kind of sad when the Winter Soldier gets dusted but it didn't hit as hard or hit as like like hit so close to the heart as it does when you have that whole like Tom Holland staggering like I don't feel so good and then you know him saying I'm sorry which ties into the previous Spider-Man movie where like Tony's like don't ever tell me you're sorry again stuff like that like that man, it just hits so hard. <laughs> so, uh, I would say Peter Parker would be up there as well, as far as uh, like character arc, I guess. In the sh- in, in, the, in the your book.
0: top three or so? Yeah, personally. Yeah, okay personally. Cause yeah, that's why this question is so personal. Cause I, he wouldn't be in my top eight or nine, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, the scene where he was dusting, I felt absolutely nothing. Didn't really care. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As I said before, (laughs) I I had no attachment to Spider-Man. His character at that point, like I just didn't, didn't, didn't hit me. Like um, when I was seeing Black Panther go and I was seeing Groot, I'm like, oh man, these are characters like I know and love. And uh, the Tom Holland scene, I was just like, dang, did we just lose Drex? (laughs) You know, like,
1: that's all I was
0: concerned about. Um, So then that's why I was saying, what is yours? Because if we can name off every single character and yeah you know their journeys but Groups to me was tough too personally um the the captain america that we got to see was the journey that i had been kind of hoping for cuz yeah it i didn't i didn't like early captain america like i liked the movies but i didn't really like him like the that char- much right right um so it was cool to see him coming around and uh, it took quite a while so like like i said with spider-man and every other character their journeys will take time and and the characters they're going to become hopefully are not the characters we see in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, What was the toughest death for you to uh, deal with, I guess, and not counting the people that were dusted, of course.
1: Hmm. The toughest death from infinity war, man, that's tough. There's a lot of, a, a lot of, really awesome characters that get like dusted or, or die um, I would say hmm I would actually say Gamora's was was the toughest her death really truly was the toughest one because you finally got that like you said earlier you finally got that like backstory for her uh, and you finally see this character really fleshed out And, you know, you have those that that tension scene right before she dies and she says something like, you know, I can't remember the exact line, but she says something like this isn't love. Or she like, you know, at first begins to laugh because she's like, you love nothing. You know, Um, that's that's just so hard because she had been through so much to that point and had also come so close to her goal of killing him that it just man that that was so tough to see her to see her go and the the way that it was done too man like he just like chucks her like he had like he sheds a tear which adds even more to that scene i think than people realize too but like man that just because that's the one. that's the to me that's the one death where I was like you know we talking about speculation for in-game right we were talking about okay well I personally I felt like time travel was going to be a thing about like the, the quantum realm I felt like all of those aspects were going to be used in in-game but I was also like man like Gamora like really died like, she was the one character that, like, really died, you know? Uh, well, you know, Vision, he dies as well. But, like, that one didn't hit, to me, as hard. It probably would now, but, like, like going back and watching it, it probably hit a little harder. But, um, once again, that's a character that wasn't really fully fleshed out. Uh, the Scarlet Witch, that is, um, at that point. Um... So yeah, like Gamora easily for me is the one.
0: Yeah, it's kind of tough because as far as saddest at the time, I think Gamora would definitely was the saddest. Um the the toughest, like if I just use the word toughest, it might have been Loki cuz it's so fast <laughs> like <laughs> He dies right away and you're just like, what did I just get myself into, you know? And and Heimdall dies, like, in the same scene. So, you're like, yeah. these are two guys we've had forever, like, since 2010 or 11, whenever yeah. the first Thor came out. So, in the first scene of the movie, you lose two really well-liked characters from the entire series immediately. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no tricks. There's no, you know, mirrors. Like, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, what now? You know? And, and it's kind of like in the comics that you've you've mentioned, like, they just kill a bunch of the characters right away to kind of show the seriousness. Mm-hmm. Like, that was their way of saying, hey, he's not messing around here. Like, yeah. there's real death coming. Um, retroactively, which considering in the scene they use the time stone it's almost uh, almost like you should use retroactive Uh, Vision's (laughs) death definitely now hits the hardest yeah for sure knowing what Scarlet was going through Yeah. and at the time even it was a close second because like her fighting off Thanos with one hand and then having to destroy the one thing that she loves to save yeah. everybody it was a tough scene and then for him to reverse time and then kill him again anyway right in front of not him. even softly he didn't die by her hands gently it was just a you know Yeet. rip it out and throw you um I-, I would say at the time the saddest was definitely gamora's but the one that just like blew me away was like oh my god we just lost loki yeah <laughs> like and we didn't even have time to react to it because it was just like, okay, he's dead. Uh, Heimdall's dead. Hulk's going back to Earth. Um, there's Tony Stark and, and Doctor Strange, and you're like, what, what are we doing here? Like I said, at the pace, you had no time to, like... Process. Cry. And the same thing with Gamora. It was on to the next scene. Like, yeah. they did, didn't even address it. They were just like, that's just how this movie's going. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really interesting because there was four probably main characters here that uh died and and three main i guess one subsidiary but um eaters elba's dope so <laughs> yeah, i love Idris yeah. Elba. um losing him sucked but he used his last breath you know to send hulk back and ultimately he's as important as the rat that he you know brought d- back absolutely Ant-Man, so absolutely um <laughs> eat and the rat the the true the, the heroes true of the, heroes Infinity of the saga um so yeah, I I agree. Gamora was really tough when when Star Lord pulled the trigger and bubbles came out. Um, I was surprised how many people thought it was a bubble gun. Like people were just like, oh, it was just like a, a bubble gun. It's like no, no, it was no Thanos that Thanos. turned the real gun into a bubble gun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was a tough one. Did so, he turn something into um, like
1: butterflies? Too. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Um, with Doctor Strange, I think.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. He uh, like undid his like strings right. or you yeah. know,
0: ropes. Um, so moving into Endgame, we're going to cover basically the same topics here. Uh, your favorite parts of Endgame? What did you mm. love? What tugged at your heartstrings? What was what was the best thing that you remember when you left? You were like, oh man, that was great.
1: Hmm. From a comical standpoint, uh, my favorite thing leaving the theater was like kind of knowing that I was kind of (laughs) right. I remember uh, speculating with a bunch of people that I was in college with at the time that uh, I I kept telling them. I was like, yo, like, I I know there's memes of this right now, but Ant-Man is the most crucial thing to the entire movie. Like, he's the most crucial character to this movie because of the quantum realm. And everybody laughed at me, man. They were like, nah, like, there's no shot no shot is he like the most you know the the the, the character that's going to basically save and i was like yeah well you'll see and then endgame happens and lo and behold it's because of scott lang and quantum realm that we're even able to have time travel to go back to do all of this stuff right so th- from that perspective that was one of the coolest feelings i had um I mean, it's similar to like, when we do this, like when we do the podcast and we get stuff that we're like, Oh man, like we, we, we actually did like pretty good at like, you know, predicting things or like, uh, keeping that like level of expectation, you know, in a, in a manner that's like doable for the MCU. Um, but from a more like, uh, I guess reality-based, pun intended, um, perspective, I would say, like, just the whole journey. Every character's journey through the whole movie. Like, once again, just like with Infinity War, the, the, the pacing, but also the way in which they detailed the story through each character... Reiterating things from the past movies but also showing how that makes them who they are like giving us that like reflection phase for each character um, with Tony Stark and Pepper Potts with Steve Rogers and like trying to learn how to go on without Peggy and like just go on in general um, with the Black Widow character and losing family basically and you still have some there, and, and you know, like what to what to what to think of all of this, what to make of all of this, with the Ronan character and like what he went through with it, the the story of Hulk and how he merged both of himself, like hit the you know Bruce Banner side and the Hulk side, and and merging those two together, like. And what that took away from him but also what that gave him you know like they they did such an awesome job of just tying in any kind of loose end to a story but also giving you that sense of a finale you know like this was absolutely like the final movie for them and it hit man like, you could tell from their, like, solo scenes in the movie that, like, wow, like, it's it's all basically coming to an end here.
0: Yeah. Um, basically, my, my biggest thing was them tying up all the storylines. Uh, I didn't know how they were going to do it. I mean, I assumed time travel would be at play um, for the general storyline, but... Like, how are you going to give all these people their, their fairy tale endings, or, or what kind of endings are you going to give them um, to give Cap the, the dance? Which, like, when we reverse course and watch back all these different little clues and things, it's just quite incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, when Samuel Jackson's, you know, Nick Fury is in Cap's apartment the song that's at the end of end game is playing back in winter soldier. Yeah. Um, all these little things like that went into these stories was really incredible. And seeing it the first time, you're just trying to keep up with the story and then, uh, you can't really breathe. You're just like nervous and you're not sure what's going to happen. And then you watch it a second time and you're like, Still very emotional and processing a lot of things, but you get to look for some of the more the the smaller things and just the appreciation that went into each main character's story, um, especially Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, seeing their journeys from point A to point I <laughs> or wherever <laughs> they were at at that <laughs> point in time. Mm-hmm. it's really incredible. Um, so I I was very uh, thrilled with how they they summed up all of their journeys and thor's becoming you know a story of his family and coming to terms with he is worthy in his own way like he didn't fail just because he was unable to do something because his his abilities have always been like better than anybody he's been around and so he's never really had impediments So for him to finally lose at something and then realize it's okay to have a setback, that was great to see. And for Cap to spend his entire life giving to others and then finally taking one for himself was a great feeling. Yeah. And for Iron Man, a guy whose career and stardom and everything was based off of um, him incentivizing and encouraging war to finally make the ultimate sacrifice, which Captain America always said he wouldn't be the guy to do to bring peace upon, which, you know, the people in which he was once fueling fire to, um, it was very cool. So they all got their stories, um, finished and Hawkeye, uh, killed a bunch of people. So, uh, (laughs) I don't know how he's sleeping. <laughs> like, he, he gets his family back and whatnot. We, but we
1: need that Winter Soldier story from oh the Ronin
0: experience. He needs therapy, too. He does. Um, and then Hulk, for him to find peace with himself um, mm-hmm. in his, you know, multiple personality life uh, and to lose Black Widow but but still find that inner peace because he has friends around him now. That was very cool. So I guess just as you were mentioning, just the the totality of these stories were fantastic. And of course the fan service that was paid with every little detail, um, seeing a bunch of things that we've always kind of wanted to see uh, through the lens of a time travel story. I thought it was really well done and it just, it gave me a lot of good feelings that some movies aren't able to give you because they're too focused on specific things to advance the storyline, but this one was about paying it back to all the fans that have stayed throughout the entire journey.
1: Yeah, that was just such an amazing feeling uh, in theaters. I've never we, – we've talked about this a lot too, but like I don't think either of us have ever like openly cried that much in a theater ever during anything I think the most I've even ever shed tears in trying to like think back like man like I I didn't really shed tears in Infinity War I teared up Uh, I shed tears when I was a little kid watching Revenge of the Sith for sure Uh, and man I, I can't really think of any other film really that i was like that emotional with but like this one hit dude this one i think it's like i said because each individual scene with those characters you just really truly felt that weight that like this is the last one like this is this is the culmination of you know the 10-year journey that we've been on as fans uh, watching these characters grow and, and how we've attached ourselves to, to different characters and what I think is so beautiful about the whole thing is that you have these different people that can relate to different characters so you have people who are really drawn to the Black Widow character or you have people that are super drawn to the Captain America character or the Tony Stark character and but we all kind of come together and so to, to be in the theater and to be with different people around us and kind of experiencing it at the same time and all of us in the same at the same time going through the exact same emotions was just something I, I don't know it's tough for me to even say that we'll have that experience again. I hope we do in the future with the MCU for sure. But man, it's going to be like another probably what, 10, 15 years for that. So like, that's, that's crazy that we were able to experience (laughs) something like that because that's so incredibly rare to have that. So we'll see.
0: I mean, there might be an accelerated timeline, so it could be every six or seven, but as far as characters that are truly beloved, over a long period of time, it's not common. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there anything that stood out to you that you noticed that you weren't a big fan of or anything that you just, you know, were like, "I that didn't make sense to me? Anything along that path?
1: Hmm. I'm actually, like, thinking back through the whole movie and trying to, like, put together what...
0: My first watch, mm-hmm. this was...
1: Like when we were in theaters,
0: yeah, this was just like the most perfect movie I'd ever seen in terms of just visual, yeah, seeing it, like going through the motions. I was just captivated by every single moment, me too, um there's things that you can pick apart your you know next couple watches um that you know, I think the biggest one is the time travel stuff was a little bit you know odd. Um, they were uh, they talked yeah. about it like three different ways. Um, there uh. were some things that didn't really add up or confusing. Um, even the directors and the writers disagreed <laughs> with yes. how things actually were happening. So that's one problem that you have when you go in the time travel route is that it gets a little bit confusing. yeah, but if you can suspend your disbelief, that they're superheroes, I guess you can suspend your disbelief that they can time travel. So I my, didn't have a major issue with it, yeah. but if there was any problem that I had personally, it was just like the time travel was a little bit wild and the fact that Tony Stark was able to solve time travel in about a day and a half. Yeah. Maybe not even that much. Yeah. It's like that's that's a little bit much, right? That that was my Like only, he could have done this
1: all this time. Right. That was my only complaint with with the movie really is that Tony Stark just solves this whole time travel riddle, like, like it's nothing. Like he was literally just doing a crossword puzzle, and oh, there we have it. It's in the shape of a Möbius strip, and that's there's time travel. <laughs> like I know he's intelligent, and he's like the most in, one of the probably what top three, top five in the comic books. Well, maybe top five or six in terms of intelligence for sure. And at the time in the MCU, he's probably the most intelligent person there. Um, so I mean, it kind of makes sense. But like, man, that's one day. That's <laughs> like pretty it, fast. Like not even one day. Like wow, that's that's inc- that's insane. So that was that was maybe the one thing. But to play devil's advocate to that. It was like a four-hour-long movie, so like, it was three, did you want like?
0: But you know, three's a lot.
1: Yeah, but did you want like twenty-five more minutes, or like twenty minutes of of <laughs> figuring it out a little more? I mean, it's just one. They of those They could things. have just
0: extended the the right. time period in which they were working on it. I guess
1: maybe like a skip or like an advancement, something like that. Yeah, like, you know. But it, it is. It's later. hard to deal with. <laughs> right. Um but for that to be the only thing I mean, I personally as far as the time travel goes I I never really saw any kind of problem with it um even with the writers and everybody kind of disagreeing on it because I I looked at it the way I look at time travel and from what I've seen in Marvel comics and the history of Marvel comics and how time travel works and just applied that and was like you know what like I don't really care what anyone else says. <laughs> this is a precedent set of like what time travel really w- would be, if if we were able to time travel. Um, so I just was like, you know, yeah, just accepting it for what it is. Um, and I think in doing this, in having the characters like uh, who was it like Bruce Banner, uh, Rhodey, Ant Man. Both, all three of them talking about time travel and all having their own like opinions on time travel. All that does for me now is it all it was all they were trying to do is like set things up for the future and what would be. because it, it was it was clear that they were setting up the Loki series and we're getting into the TVA with that whole thing. So now we're really gonna understand time travel a lot better. And I think that that was the whole purpose, maybe, of making it so confusing is because it would be confusing to us. Like, unless you're Tony Stark, obviously, and he can just figure it out in a day. But, like, you know, it, it, time travel shouldn't be something anyone on Earth can truly understand because it's impossible. From what we know and from what we have available to us, time travel is impossible.
0: It's physically possible to go forward, but we'll talk about that in another. <laughs> way. We don't yeah. have the yeah. the ability to do it. But right. It's right technically possible to go forward in time.
1: And it, I guess, it hmm, it would be possible. Well, that's a little bit of a different thing. It would also be possible to be in different places at the same like time simultaneously it would be possible for that so I guess time travel truly isn't too far off (laughs) if you really really sat and thought about it like depending on how much time humanity has left on earth which is a whole other discussion maybe time travel can become a thing in humankind's time on earth I mean it's just depends on how much time we do have but
0: yeah i'll give them credit for this they presented time travel in a way we've never seen before in cinema yeah Yeah. um so brand new time travel idea uh (laughs) that takes a lot of courage because almost everybody assumes that back to the future's time travel is time travel um and since it's not really real there's really no precedent for it so why wouldn't you just make up your own? And they addressed the fact that, that, I mean, they spent like four minutes trying to teach us their version of time travel, but it was really confusing because the way they did it, it was in a jokey way Mm -hmm. because they made it so complicated that we were supposed to empathize with like Rhodey or whoever it was that was getting like confused by the time travel speeches from Banner and Stark. And so it was a little bit too smart for for the general audience, but you know, it is what it is
1: i don't know i think if you took what banner says right off the right off the get-go it, it's not too Which complicated. One? where he just says basically like if you go to the past
0: that's too complicated
1: if you go to the past your new future what is it like your new future or your, <laughs> you your future is not your actual future anymore like it's where you're at it was like three
0: sentences that was so like, all jumbled up and was said as a joke. Yeah. So it was really hard to follow. Like, if, if I wrote it down and then spent a couple minutes analyzing it, I probably would have been able to put it together. But the way they presented it was just really fast, and it was mm-hmm. a joke towards Cheadle's character Yeah. Um, trying to understand it. It was like Banner going, how are you this stupid? You don't understand this incredibly complex thing. <laughs> Which is a total so, Bruce Banner. You know. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, nonetheless, um, who are your standout characters?
1: Ooh, standout characters. Hmm, it'd be tough to not pick one of the big three again. I can tell you that. But standout characters for this, one. we got kind of like a new and like different Thanos. I I always loved this Thanos. A little bit more than I loved the Infinity War Thanos, uh, so that would be one for sure. Um, and I think, hmm, man, that's tough because there's so many. Like, there's so many like awesome moments and. I mean, awesome in this one, so, like,
0: um, Thor would vault to number one for me.
1: Thor, yeah, Thor would probably be. I. I think think he would be number one for me as well but uh, I'd say Thanos and uh, <laughs> hmm, Thanos and Tony Stark would be two and three like
0: two A to B see Thanos wouldn't be anywhere near my top five in this one
1: because it is a different Thanos he's more like blood-hungry, blood-lust Thanos than we've seen. And it's because it's the old Thanos. And he knows that he won. Like, that's that's pretty sick. Like, I like that a lot. And uh, I don't know. It's, it seemed like... And, and we we've talked about this, too, before. And, like, Thanos is so powerful just by himself without the infinity gauntlet like without the infinity gauntlet he destroyed the Hulk like he made the Hulk like rethink the entire situation (laughs) between him and Bruce Banner like the Hulk didn't want to be the Hulk anymore after getting beat down and that was just Thanos like I know he had the infinity gauntlet on but there was no scene in that moment in which like he was using one of the stones he could have and he probably would have killed the Hulk but like nah like Thanos just by himself was so powerful um still not as powerful to me I think as like a comic version of Thanos without an infinity gauntlet or whatever but that's a whole different thing but like to see him in that way I was like wow man like this is like it's serious man like (laughs) like it's about to go down like it's about to get real like just for like the sake of it like In the scene in which like Captain America is like by himself. I was fully anticipating Thanos to just like kill him. Like right there. Like I thought that was it for Cap. Like because what's so crazy about this movie. We were talking about the pacing of Infinity War. For me I don't know about you. For me I almost forgot. In the scene in which like they're fighting Thanos and all that. I almost forgot that Hulk even snapped and brought everybody back. Like, and I think that that was obviously the purpose of the directors to do that. But, like, I completely forgot that he even snapped and brought everyone back. So when Cap's, like, walking up by himself, I was like, oh, well, Cap's dead. <laughs> 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 like, that's it. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, Thanos, to me, was, like, a different I, – I liked that version of Thanos quite a bit.
0: I mean, I thought he was cool, but I just didn't see, like – He didn't have that much screen time, no. um, And he wasn't talking much, even when he did. Like he was just kind of brooding, you know, giving out orders. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot to him. um, And we got so much depth of character in the previous movie that we didn't need it. Mm -mm. So I I thought it was cool. I thought he was much more intimidating, and he was more powerful for sure, um, as far as you know, one on one to one. If he were to get the stones, he would have been ruthless, and he no longer wanted to uh, save the planet, he wanted to destroy the planet. Mm -hmm. So it was a different, and that's probably why he failed, because his intentions became uh, unpure, and he was susceptible to uh, anger rather than being driven towards his goal.
1: Right, Um, he's acting on emotion.
0: Yeah, completely. And so, yeah, I just, I didn't see that much from him in the movie, but Thor, his character, really kind of finished its true journey. Yeah. Like Captain America, he continued the journey we we saw him to be on, which was his empathy, helping people, becoming a counselor, a therapist, whatever you want to call it, Um, leading people in every way he's presented. Whether it's the you know military or um, you know, just on the streets as a, a fighter, you know, directing traffic to leading people through a mental health uh, crisis. So we saw Captain America just continue to be who he was. Tony Stark, I mean, if there was one guy that stole the show, it would have been Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. one million percent because the I mean, how could he not? Um, Thor, the number one thing for Thor with me here is that it wasn't just what he did in this movie, which he did incredible acting, Chris Hemsworth, um, both in Infinity War and Endgame, but it was just the totality of everything that we've seen from him mm-hmm. and his journey from a, a boring, you know, really strong guy that didn't have a lot of depth to his character to becoming one of the most important Avengers. Um, beyond just his physical uh, strength. Yeah. So that was very cool. And with Iron Man being um, my, like, depending on which category you're going with, they would be 1A and 1B. And uh, I mean, it, it's just, it's tough not to recognize Captain America for, you know, the, his ultimate journey, but I didn't think he had as much of a um, diversion from his normal character as the deserving nebula did who had the most screen time of any character in this movie Mm -hmm. um and who could have guessed that nebula would be the main character um in the most important movie of the entire saga as far as screen time so that was pretty cool some great acting um she's a really tough character to pin down because she's just she's very complicated she's the ugly duckling. She's the, the less like sister um, or daughter. Uh, she doesn't fit in anywhere. She's not really a, you know, a complete good guy. She's not a bad guy, but she has a good heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool to see that character go from like, I don't care about that character at all to, okay, we see the soft side with Tony. And then she's like, okay, I'm all in. I'm stopping that murderous thug that was my father.
1: She was the character to me that, like, I had zero expectations. I had a... Well, I wouldn't say zero expectations. I had a little bit of an expectation for her, but, like, she was the character to me that, like, I don't know, man. She really came into her own to me, like, from an underrated perspective. Like, if we're going who, like, stole the show or, like, who was the most important story character... I think obviously the big three would be the top three, and you could put them in any order that you want. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. Like you could do whatever you want. It's those three, for sure. But Nebula is that underrated character that really, really, really like stole everything from like the, the from Endgame because you really felt something for her because she is. Basically, a tortured soul. She's not. She's not used like the best scene to showcase her being this tortured soul is actually one of her first scenes in the entire movie with her and Tony playing like the, the field goal thing. Finger football. Finger football. <laughs> I've never even known what to call that. I just you oh, know, field goal. We used to play it at, all at at my the time.
0: Junior high. We had a league. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Uh, but yeah, and when she actually wins and he's like oh you've won like it's nothing big to him it's just like oh you won she's like i won like what does that even mean because she's literally never won at anything in her life because she's just been this tortured beat down uh yeah tortured beat down soul and everything has just been stripped from her and you really felt something with her character. And then the past version of her too, you really felt something with that too, because once again, she's never wanted anything. She's never been treated with affection or anything like that. She's only done things to appease Thanos. She's only done things to appease others and it's never enough. And so for her to finally be able to bring, you know, pass Thanos to the future and maybe help him succeed again uh, it was a big deal it was a big moment for that character because it's like it seems like she's finally winning it seems like she's finally doing something that's you know she'll be loved for so you really I think you feel a lot from the Nebula character and it's so underrated I think because we are thinking more about the Avengers than we are Nebula. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost in the same regard of Gamora in Infinity War. More people are drawn to the Captain America storyline or the Thor storyline than they would be Gamora, even though Gamora is, is probably the most crucial. So, She is yeah.
0: the link? Yep. And coincidentally, Gamora being the link to Thanos in Infinity War with Nebula being the link to Thanos and Endgame with the radio frequencies and whatnot that Mm -hmm. they were using. A cool way to give two characters who didn't have a lot of screen time before that um, very important roles without having to give them...
1: Without being heavy-handed.
0: Yeah, like not turning them into something they don't need to be. Right. So, um, when you left the theater, this character was on your brain. What was the one that was like? Oh my gosh, yep, that's that's the guy, that's the girl. Like, what was what was going
1: on in Spencer's brain? Uh, the characters that were on my brain at the end: Captain America and Loki. Those were the ones that were on Loki. My, Loki, yeah, because uh, I felt like those were the two most. Uh, those were the two biggest scenes of the entire film because of the implications leading forward because we all looked at this as a finale. Okay. And we didn't so see So you're this, turning it into a
0: forward. Okay. Yeah,
1: we didn't see this as anything would stem from this. I in fact I, I felt like and, and I I kind of feel like I can kind of speak for you because we kind of talked so much about it like leading up to seeing in game that like we all basically kind of felt like we wouldn't really get anything in this movie that would lead to something else in the future. We might get like a few things here and there and you might see it in the second or third watch, but like we really felt like it would be an end credit scene that would like kind of showcase something for the future. So to me, Loki and Captain America were on my brain because those were like the, the, the most to me, the most important scenes in the movie because those were the only ones really that to me truly affected something drastically in the future for the MCU.
0: I couldn't think about anything but Iron Man. <laughs> so yeah, true. Um, like if you asked me after that movie, what's your favorite character? Like Iron Man period. Yeah. That was, that was me. Like I was so sad. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was devastated. I was broken. And, I knew like somebody had to go and I was hoping it was Iron Man because I didn't want Captain America to die because I knew one of the two was going. Yeah. Um but then when it happened I'm like, "Nah, I didn't mean it." Yeah, <laughs> you know. I didn't mean it. So it real. was really tough. <laughs> um but as far as if I was going to take it your way like where was I seeing the future, um Falcon definitely was the number 1 character I was thinking of. Um But also, like, the one scene I couldn't get out of my head was Scarlet Witch almost defeating Thanos single handedly. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa. And also Captain Marvel, like, going toe to toe, getting outsmarted by Thanos. But But the power was pretty impressive. So, um,. I was very happy that they didn't use Captain Marvel much at all because she didn't belong in that story. She was in- too big, too powerful, yeah. Yeah. that's not your fight. Let right. let these kids, it's like when uh, when you're on the court and you're down like three to one against some third graders, <laughs> like you give it to your third grade teammate to make the winning shot. Yeah. You don't dunk on a kid, <laughs> you know, like that's not what you need to do. Right. Um so it was nice to see that captain marvel's power was up there but also like there's some weakness in her game too to where he's like oh okay you're gonna time me up boom get off me okay next (laughs) um but somebody that we had already done some time with and and had a good idea we knew how powerful scarlet witch maybe could be at moments but seeing her just like you know it was easy against Mm -hmm. Thanos. Um, that was very eye-opening and that made me wonder what's in her future so yeah that was cool but that scene where falcon gets the the shield like afterwards you know i wasn't thinking about anything but iron man and the the current story but then you know fast forward a couple months and you start to think oh man where are they going with this thing you know Mm -hmm. um who knows what what's next for captain america and and then just oh the last scene yeah how could you not just like stare yeah. at the screen it, crying the entire time until you finally hear ding
1: ding yeah
0: ding and you're like there's no end credit scene because they know we're all crying and we couldn't see it anyway
1: i cried so hard at in the credits and i'm kind of wow i'm actually kind of tearing up a little now thinking about the uh the uh like the in the way that they did the end credits, just in general, with giving each of the Avengers like that like silhouette, the Star Trek signature, yeah. Um, such an awesome, awesome, awesome way to end the film. Um, uh, but yeah, I think obviously Iron Man was on my brain big time because of that sacrifice, and you kind of, you kind of felt like it might lead to that, just because they don't put in lines just there's no such thing as a throwaway line in the MCU i mean if you look all the way back to age of ultron and tony's talking about everything and how he needs a suit of armor on the world and he says that that up there is the end game like come on like there's there's no such thing as a throwaway line in the MCU and for them to make that thing of, uh, of you know number 1 captain america not being worthy basically and that nothing special that that he's really nothing special just a dude that's just juiced up basically Uh, and then proving them wrong, lifting the hammer uh, such an awesome, awesome moment Uh, and then for Iron Man to make that sacrifice uh, just such an incredible incredible way to, to end the stories there, uh, with those characters. Um and I yeah, I like what you said about Captain Marvel. Like it just, just she was so powerful. Like <clears throat> and it's not even like she really is super powerful. Like it's not even like that they just brought her in and we're like, oh you know, we need this or that, like for a female character and like, nah, she's powerful dude. Like every iteration of Captain Marvel is extremely powerful. So uh, but Scarlet Witch, man, I said this, and once again, just like the Ant-Man thing with the prediction for Endgame, had Scarlet Witch been like kind of clear-headed, she could have single-handedly, I feel like, defeated Thanos in Infinity War. Because the she was literally shredding apart his armor by herself in Endgame, and...
0: Even with the stones, the material, you say?
1: the material of the Infinity Gauntlet is of a similar material. Gotcha. So, <laughs> she could have just basically negated his entire plan by just destroying the Gauntlet while it's on his hand.
0: If she was with, uh, if she, Tony's crew, right, would have been the maybe been the
1: deciding would have been the deciding thing, and that's the beauty of it is that they don't put it in that like that frame and you don't even realize all of the things that she's going through as a character until you get to WandaVision later on so wow yeah it's just Endgame is still that movie to me that you watch it and you just get extremely emotional like for me it will always be uh, Revenge of the Sith and Endgame those two, man, I, I just feel some type of way watching those two movies. And, and it's not even, like, really Revenge of the Sith anymore because it's not even, I don't even get, like, that emotional watching it anymore. If I watch in-game, like, I, I have to have a bunch of tissues by me at all time, And I've seen it, I don't even know how many times I've seen it now. But, like, that's really saying something, man, that it can still get me like that. Because it's just that journey. Like, dude, we grew up with Iron Man. You know what I mean? 2008? Like, bro, we were in middle school when those movies were out. And I remember my sister buying the Iron Man, like, DVD. It wasn't even Blu-ray <laughs> back then yet. She bought the DVD of Iron Man. And, man, me and her used to watch it all the time. And, uh, yeah, dude, it's, it was just such an incredible journey. So,
0: So I don't know if I even need to ask this one, but the toughest death of this movie was. Iron Man. It's
1: got to be Iron Man. Got to be. Although Black Widow's death was so, it wasn't even that it was unexpected because you expected one of them to die because it's the Soul Stone. But like it still hit hard because it's like, wow, like she's gone. See, I I can't
0: even say it was expected because I was not paying attention to this movie. (laughs) I really wasn't. Like, it sounds crazy, but I was literally just staring at the screen. I I couldn't think. Like, I couldn't look ahead. I couldn't summarize, Like, I wasn't making guesses. I wasn't going, okay, this is happening, so that's happening. Like, nothing was happening in my brain at that time. I was just completely reacting to the scenes. And they were going to Vormir, and I thought nothing of it. I was just like, okay, there they go. Um, And then when... I realized where they were headed up to. I was like, wait, no, 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 no. That means one of them has to die. So I figured that out eventually, but like throughout all of Endgame, game, I did not know anything, uh, was going on until it was like hitting me in the face. Cause it was so hard to focus on anything past the next two seconds.
1: Mm. Yeah. I would, I would say, I mean, it's easily Tony Stark's death. Uh, it hit so hard. I, uh, it's like it, it hits incredibly hard. Like I'm trying I'm having a hard time even like trying to say it right now. But like when Pepper says that you can rest now like that, wow. I just it gets me every time, man. So even when he snapped I was just like Oh, he
0: did it. Like he he saved him, he snapped. I didn't know he was gonna die. Like I was just sitting there watching the scene completely wrapped up in just Im- like pure emotion. Yeah. And I wish I would have. Then I saw his way. face yeah. and I was like, that's the face of somebody who's about to die. <laughs> I, yeah.
1: I, I wish I would have had your perspective of that instead because as soon as he snapped, I was like, wait. Because I remembered them talking to Hulk about like how he's the only one that can yes, do it. Yeah, he didn't. almost died doing it nope. himself. And I was like, wait. I was oh excited. God. Yeah, I was like oh my god that means Tony's dead basically like what happened to him is he okay and then you get <sighs> that scene but like yeah I wish I could have been more reactionary I guess to it I don't know I mean we both were bawling horribly I but, just didn't I didn't think like, I, I was my brain was going like 90 miles a minute dude it was insane like Mine I was, was stuck just like, in neutral yeah, it was, it was bad. Insane. Like
0: when when Captain America was out there, he pulls his strap up. I'm just like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all that went through that's- my brain. I didn't think, I didn't think about the snap at all. I didn't think about he's gonna die. I, I was just like, hmm. I think I'd like to watch this next scene. Like this looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you pan out and you see all the aliens and everything. It was crazy. Like when when Gamora, I didn't even realize not Gamora when when Nebula like was bringing the ship back with Thanos. I didn't even know what was happening. Like I, was, I wasn't I was paying <laughs> attention. Like I was just so wrapped up in the the scenes left and right that when he like was uh, shot out and, and started firing down, I was like oblivious. I, I was, it was awesome because I was reacting the exact same as like Paul Re- as a uh, Ant-Man. And it was just so cool because every step of the way I was not, trying to predict what was about to happen i was just purely enjoying it and as every character came on the screen i had like a another tear and another smile like oh my gosh look who's here look who's here um you know with when falcon says um on your left i was i was so shocked that he was coming back and then i'm like after watching it like you go home like duh like, of yeah. course they would come back. They just got snapped. Like, what else are they right. going to do? Like, play some ping pong? Right. That's exactly so, my brain, too. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that at all until, like, my fourth watch. Like, yeah. I, I had to really – like, the first time I watched it, I had no thoughts. The second time, I just cried the entire time because I knew it was going to happen. Because, <laughs> yeah. well – and that was, again, we watched both, both of them we, in Branson. We, yeah. And then I went to Carbondale, and I watched it a third time. And literally, that was me, like, watching YouTube in person. I was crying the entire time, <laughs> staring at everybody else because I wanted to see their reactions. When I saw something, I knew it was coming. Yeah, um, I wanted to see, are they crying here? Are they um, sad here? Are they reacting here? So I, I was watching too. the movie, but also keeping an eye on everybody around me. Yeah, it me was an too. interesting thing.
1: Uh, I saw it four
0: times in the first week.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it, I think, uh, we, we saw it twice in Branson. And then yes. I, a week later, uh, I saw it two times in Tennessee once with my dad and once by myself um which i didn't even that was the first movie i actually and this is this is probably going to shock you but like maybe not but that was actually the first time i'd ever actually gone to a theater by myself and watched a movie by myself was that one i i'm used to doing it yeah that's my preferred actually <laughs> i don't yeah. like anybody to be near me when i do anything honestly but like um yeah, it was just a different different feel. Um, and the third time I watched it, uh, I was just kind of, like, paying attention to my dad and seeing, like, how, how he was kind of reacting to it. And he reacted exactly how I thought he would. <laughs> and uh, it, it was great, man. It was great to have that moment with him, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, man, like, it's crazy because my brain was just going... 90 miles an hour dude like like at every moment i was just like thinking of what's next and like thinking of like oh my gosh this is happening that's happening like where is such and such where is this person there were two moments in the entire movie where i was like wait like wait a minute what's actually happening here and that was obviously, I already talked about the Captain America scene where he's standing by himself. I was like, oh, like, that's it. Like, he's he's gone now. Like, I fully anticipated Thanos to just, like, cut him in half or something. And just, like, end it. Or, or something. And the other scene is actually, like, when Captain Marvel's coming in. Because Thanos is, like, rain, fire, or whatever, and then, like, all the, the you know, the missiles are dropping and all that stuff. And then they stop and they like relocate. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, who is this? See, that was the
0: one time I knew it was Captain Marvel. Yeah. (laughs) My brain fired for a millisecond, it was like, Oh, that's Captain Marvel.
1: No, I had no clue. (laughs) I was like That's hilarious. Who is this? I was like, There there's like no one on this team that's like like that like I knew I knew before it happened, I'm like, where's Captain Marvel? yeah <laughs> and then all of a sudden the
0: missile thing i was like yeah yep.
1: that, that was the one time my, my brain like short-circuited for a moment because i was like wait <laughs> like i was trying to think of like people who this could be like i was like wait right like, like who is this i was like are they bringing in galactus like it's searcher here or like you know it's funny the heck though. Is this?
0: Like everybody knew that it was captain marvel that was saving tony and nebula and i had no clue <laughs> <laughs> i was like who is this like what is this shiny ball of light? Like, is this Tinkerbell? Like, who's, <laughs> who's about to save Tony? Yeah. <clears throat> and I have no clue. But then at the end of the movie, I'm like, I'm not getting fooled twice.
1: Captain Marvel, obviously. Mm. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. You see? You were like rational brain thinking <sighs> right there. I, my brain was, like, completely fried at that moment. I, I literally just went for the uh, process and the emotion. And like a millisecond, the Captain America was about to die on the battlefield. So, like, I'm, I'm, my brain was just completely fried right there. And I was like, wait, who the heck is that powerful to draw that much clout? <laughs> the entire ship had to stop and redirect. And then, and then she comes in and I was like, oh, okay.
0: All I have left in those moments is, is my logic. Like, I don't have speculation. I don't have any kind of forward thinking. All I have is, like, what do I already know? Mm -hmm. and my logic tells me captain america is not going to die in this fashion so i was not at all worried that's just kind of how my brain works i'm like that's not realistic but that's the only thing that was flying through my brain so everything else was just an empty nest um and even you know the like every time something happened i was like wow and i was really happy because i really just appreciated the moment because i really wasn't following along i was like reading the captions after the scene happens because i was so uh trying to process the previous scene and every single time like something came on the screen i was just like that's cool like that's really cool so the first time we watched it i just tried to focus on seeing everything and reacting to it in the moment because i knew we were going to watch it again and then i could break down the story
1: i was kind of like i was kind of of that same mentality but my brain was just not able to just like stop <laughs> because I was just thinking like so many things ahead and I was it was impossible for me to not try to try to just like take literally everything in and, like as much as possible and you can't do that um, also I don't know why I I, I I was like thinking that far ahead or like speculating, like mid watch, <laughs> like that's kind of crazy, like that's a that's something uh, that's a, a an crazy. insane person would do. <laughs> like that's not a normal thing. Uh, because I'm like, man, like who is <laughs> who is this? Like, duh, like it's Captain Mar- uh, Captain Marvel. But um, and coming from that comic background too, like comic writers and artists are able to get away with a lot more than you can in a Disney movie. So like I, I was kind of like trying to process, possibly seeing something horrible happen with Captain America. And I was like, Oh God, like <laughs> this isn't going to be the one cause we just saw him. We just saw Thanos <laughs> just gets like stomped shred. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was anticipating him dying and then Thanos kind of looking back to Thor and Iron Man and being like and this was your like this was your dude, huh? Like this was the one guy, huh? Like <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like because that's the kind of Thanos that we had in this movie. Like he literally just shredded Cap's shield in half. And he was just vicious and crazy. So I was kind of anticipating something along those lines,
0: but yeah, the fact that Captain America <laughs> like he had a tourniquet basically yeah it wasn't a tourniquet it was the shield but he was like he had a broken arm essentially and he used the shield to hold it together as he was preparing to fight an army yeah. and like not even an army like a galaxy of fighters that were way <laughs> more qualified than him and just too many mm-hmm. um i don't know how they won that battle to be quite i guess because they were just they had Powers, you know mm-hmm. compared to you know just foot soldiers, yeah, um they had a like shout out to Wakanda and stranges people because that was the army, those were the two like
1: like the foot soldiers, yeah, yeah. those were
0: the people that like actually made up the the military force the militia,
1: <laughs> I think we've joked about this before, but like imagine being one of those Wakandans and you finally come back and just to die on the battlefield, mm. Like, mm. <laughs> Mm. That'd be no good. Like, Doctor Strange is like opening portals and like all this stuff. Peter Parker's Somebody's got like the instant the kill. You got a spear. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> good luck.
0: It's so cool, though. The, the, uh, I don't know what they would be called, but, uh, Dr. Strange's little army and oh, yeah. they would like put the shields like the, up above them and stuff. That was so cool.
1: Um,
0: and Dr. Strange is like so powerful that he's like, I'm not even going to fight right now. I'm just going to make sure nobody dies because of natural like natural causes. causes.
1: Like, <laughs> Some dude has a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's is like, a surgeon, kaboom. you know. <laughs> um, but he was
0: holding off the water. Um, yeah. So I think we've done a, a thorough review of both movies and our thoughts of them. So... This is the part of the episode where we're going to get into some personal questions for you guys to get to know us. So if you are just here for the Marvel talk, we appreciate it. We understand that. Um, so we are going to shift gears into... I got three questions about each other. Um, Ooh. Ooh. So these are fun. If you're these. ready, they're not too difficult. First one's very simple, quite easy. Okay. If I were to say, let's turn it into Jeopardy. Oh. And Ooh. I said this is oh man oh wait i forgot how to play jeopardy <laughs> i would say oh. um <laughs> i would say uh turkish delights and you would say in jeopardy
1: i can't even think of the name of it but the little candy all right you've never played jeopardy what is the little candy what is
0: what is zemo's favorite candy right right So my question is, what is your favorite candy?
1: Oh. Oh, dude. Uh, Candy encompassing encompassing everything. You said Jeopardy, and and my heart sunk. (laughs) Dr. Strange can fix that. I I turned. I I don't even remember what the reference is now, but I was like, man, I hate this game. (laughs) Like, what is this game? I hate this game. And, oh, Big Daddy. He's like talking about the card game. I He's like, I day. win. I win. He goes, What is this game? <laughs> I hate this game. Uh favorite candy. Ooh. See, we have to separate it into two things.
0: No. Yes. Everything. Because no. Candy, chocolate, it's all the same. No. Yes, it it's is. It's totally not. If you go to Willy Wonka's, like, Wonka's totally factory, he has both.
1: Yeah, but that's like Mars owning like, It's not.
0: It's like everything. Splash and Safari and Holiday World. It's <sighs> one thing.
1: I can't, man. It's that's the same company. No, nope. it's too tough. Chocolate is, is so game. different to candy. Nope. Same. But it is. This, is it? It is different. It is so for different. For this purpose. But for this purpose, okay.
0: Just one. It's not Marvel, DC. It's oh, like Guardians gosh. of the Galaxy and Captain America.
1: Oh, gosh, that's so hard, dude. Um.
0: You got. Uh, you can pick a basic one, but mine is pretty unique, I think. So I wouldn't mind if you had. If you were between two, just pick the one that you maybe
1: think most would not be at uh i'm gonna say it's not even like different and it's still kind of basic but uh the lint white chocolate
0: lint lint is that a brand yeah Oh, okay
1: lint white chocolate so that's very specific um because i really don't like white chocolate but i like that white chocolate um I don't know what it is about it, man. I actually really like that. Like, I despise white chocolate, actually, but I actually really like that one. So, uh, lint white chocolate.
0: Mine is three musketeers. Nice. I love three musketeers. I they, as a kid, they, I I loved the structure of it. Yeah. So I would eat only the outside chocolate. I would just like bite off the the plates on the outside, and then, then it, it would leave then. just the inside, which was uh, the, the, the whatever the, that's called. Is I don't you know if it's it? nougat or like
1: what is um, that
0: actually what's that word for like if you have it on a cake it's, so it's
1: not just names
0: it's anything <laughs> that a certain term um, <laughs> I can't think of it but nonetheless if you've had a three musketeers you know what we're talking about moose moose yes but it's yes, like a it tough is like moose. moose yeah um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bowl moose <laughs> um, just chilling rocky. in there yeah yeah um, <laughs> So I would just eat the outsides and I would just leave it hanging like like a building, like a structure without its Dangling. Uh, <laughs> windows or walls. It was really cool. And then yeah. I just eat that. Yeah, so I, it was fun. That's but, funny uh, because I used to eat it the same yeah. way when I was a kid. I think Runner Up would probably be uh, her, uh Hershey's cookies and cream.
1: That's a, that, Love yeah, that. that that that's a good one. That's actually a really good one. Um I would put kind of shocking, but I think top 3 I would put Skittles dips in, like, the top three right now. I really like Skittles dips. That's, like, my favorite thing right now.
0: For me, there's no candy um, <clears throat> that's sugar-based that would roll with just chocolate stuff. It's it's chocolate not the is same for me. So you chocolate. agree that no, there should have
1: been a chocolate and there should have been a candy? No, no I don't. <laughs> nope. Okay.
0: Because it's all in Willy Wonka's factory. Uh, okay, so. okay. That's, a, that's uh, fair. But to be fair, he had, like, soup... <laughs> in the factory too. So, yeah. Um I And soda.
1: He had soda, but the uh, the bubbly thing. That wasn't that, like, soda. That was beer, I think. What's a beer?
0: I don't know if it was alcoholic because the kids <laughs> were drinking it. It was uh, like root beer, maybe. It might have been like root beer. Yeah. I don't think it was soda. Because root beer is
1: not soda. Totally. Not yes, it soda. is. Totally not soda. That's a different ball game. Oh, That's a crazy. totally different ball game. Root it's beer like is soda. like its own thing. No,
0: the, oh, what do you You have a category for everything. This I, is not how <laughs> this works. Okay. <laughs> the first adult TV show that you started to watch. So basically Whoa. non-cartoon, non-Disney, like whatever you got into first,
1: whether it was through your family or yourself. Oh. I, I, my brain just went, pause. <laughs> you said, what was the first adult TV show? And my brain just went, wait. See but you're like, ruining all the questions. I'm ruining everything. Uh <clears throat> uh first adult show you said that I watched like with my parents? No, or? just first one.
0: I don't care how it happened, just the one I'm not talking mm-hmm. about you watched it once, but like something you might have watched somewhat regularly or it was introduced to you and you just kinda were like, Okay, this
1: is cool. First show that I, I can watched point with- to mine first if you'd like. Um Mine would be actually kind of weird. Mine would actually be uh Mash. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. A good yeah. answer. Um, every time I would stay with my dad on the weekends, uh, we would stay up super late together. And uh, we would watch MASH because it would come on like right after the 10 o'clock news. So it was like super late. But uh, yeah, it was MASH. My first uh, movie like that wasn't like a kid's movie was actually The Shining, which is kind of terrifying. But like... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like little five-year-old me was like up early on a Saturday morning, scrolling through the VHS tapes, and saw The Shining. I was like, "Oh, I think I'll give that a shot," and started watching it. And like an hour you in, get bored? And no, I was completely like zoned in. Oh, as a little kid, as I a can imagine kid.
0: watching The Shining.
1: Yeah, because it, it would be so painstaking for a kid to sit through that movie but i was just the
0: first like five minutes is just nothing like video through the countryside yeah like god get on with it it's a really good movie but there's just scenes where it's like oh it's taking forever yeah for real um but i love it now and i'll i'll watch it anytime it's on honestly Mm -hmm. i think mine mine's a tie and it's not a cop-out i i genuinely don't know what i watched first maybe somebody could help me with the timeline but x files and csi las vegas were the two that i remember as a kid um kind of just you know family was watching and so i would come in the room and and we'd watch on whatever nights it was on um i think x files was before csi but i don't know which one i started watching first so oh well i know csi continued on much longer oh for sure um and I never liked, I was always so partial to Grissom on CSI Las Vegas. Yes. I hated the redhead. Yes. Um, Dude, I CSI do Miami not like
1: Horatio Kane at all, man. I, I Is despise that, his name? that character. Yeah. I, I used to hate the cheesy one-liners into the sunglasses <laughs> being put on. I, yeah. was, that, was he doing that before it was
0: like a parody? Yes. So yeah. he was the guy. He was the
1: guy. I feel like I could be wrong no but you're I probably like right the guy because I mean, like I do to it was on that. before the internet
0: so yeah well you know what I'm saying like yeah, before the was, internet yeah right the meme right. internet um,
1: <laughs> yeah they would have shredded him alive dude <laughs> like
0: you remember when Justin Bieber was on that show yes and I he do. got shot like yeah. 12 times um, okay this is the final question okay the Spongebob character you most relate to ooh hmm tough there's not as many spongebob characters as you'd think no there's really not uh, if you have to do a combination i'll allow it but only I,
1: two i feel like all of us kind of relate more to squidward now <laughs> so there's some part Squidward's of us a good one some part of us always relates to squidward now um uh some days i relate to to Patrick, a little, I would say. Um, so Squid Pat, Squid pet. Pat, Patar, Patar, um, yeah. Squid I Pat. would,
0: yeah. I mean, everybody kind of relates to Squidward and Patrick, honestly. Um, mine would be Plankton. Uh, I think because oh. with Plankton, he's always chasing something that he can never get, and I feel like that's a microcosm of a lot of my <laughs> life. Like <laughs> Dude, I, I try to get things, but I often will take shortcuts, yeah. and. I'll like to do these big, you know, he always has this huge scheme and this huge plan. And then when it comes time to do it, he's like, Karen's always like, this plan sucks. And he's like, leave me alone. And then he goes and does it. And like, there's somebody out there doing it better. Mr. Krabs. So I I so relate to his never ending quest to just be like accepted for, you know, who he is and try to try to get this freaking recipe, you know, like, There's always something I think all of us are chasing. And so Plankton, to me, is that one character where it's like, yeah, some days you feel like Squidward. Some days you feel like Patrick. Honestly, some days you feel like SpongeBob. Um, And there's times where you feel like Mr. Krabs when you're like, oh, man, I ain't got no money. I I owe this person a tip. (laughs) Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, so oh, a you gotta meme. you gotta get your best uh, squillium on I guess when you got the money though <laughs> yeah for so, oh dude, plankton, yeah. I think is is the number one.
1: I would say if you would have asked me this question like two years ago I would have easily said Sandy
0: Hi yeah what is Easy. Sandy? I mean, I know Sandy's character, but like what is she to you to me like what is what does that mean? Tell me why
1: uh not being home like being in a completely <laughs> different, different world, world. Song. yeah completely different world from what i was like used to and like what i wanted to be around so yeah 100 fun fact our
0: third biggest audience is from texas really <laughs> what's the difference between <laughs> i don't i don't even remember the joke <laughs> but it's great yeah so those are my questions um nice. this was a fun episode
1: so this we, is one of my ahead. favorite parts of yeah the entire show. It's fun. It's, it's the Asperger's. I, I love the icebreakers because I, I don't know <laughs> what to... They said Asperger's. <laughs> 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 like, what does that have to do with... Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Like, are we covering <laughs> autism as well? <laughs> or what are, We're breaking what down. What are we doing here? We're breaking down. Yeah, it,
0: it's the icebreakers. Icebreakers
1: are so fun, though. <laughs> I ice love them. Ice Breakers. Ice Breakers. Um, I love the Did Ice Did you ever
0: breakers. have that game as a kid, Icebreakers. Breakers? It was a Did game where it was really hard to set up. It was like... Like a board game? Four like stands and you put the ice you turn it upside down you shove the ice into the square and you had to build like little ice cubes and a one bigger ice cube and you had to knock the ice cubes out with a hammer and you had to not knock over not knock through the big ice cube that had like the penguin on it or something it was cool you had a little hammer and you knock ice it wasn't real ice cubes it was plastic but uh they were like wedged together so you you hit the ice cube and it would uh, fall through, and then the
1: person that broke it would lose. This sounds like a setup. No, it was a great but, game. <laughs> no, I never, I never I loved it. it. I, I thought you were really like trying to joke with me right here. No, no, like, you were no talking time. about the hammer. You looked at me and you said the hammer, and I was like, uh, I don't know if it was called icebreakers it? to be honest, but
0: it was, it was exactly <clears> how, <throat> how I described. Nice. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. If you like our episodes, if you like the show, please do subscribe. And if you could leave a review, that would mean the world to us. Uh, Communicate to us on social media at the Marvel Guys Podcast on Facebook, uh, Marvel Guys Podcast or The Marvel Guys Podcast on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. Uh, Just let us know what we can do and what you want us to talk about. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining.